0: Hello and welcome to a very special Amazing Spider-Man edition of the Empire podcast. I'm Chris Hewitt and I'm joined by James Dyer, Helen O'Hara and Nick Descendian and we'll be discussing the film in great spoiler-filled depth so, and I can't stress this enough, don't listen to this podcast until you've seen The Amazing Spider-Man, unless of course you're just plain weird and love spoilers. Still with us? Excellent. But before we crack on with what we think, let's get the thoughts of the amazing Spider-Man producers Avi Arad and Matt Tolmach, the men behind the reboot. They came into the pod booth recently for a general discussion about the film, which in case you didn't know, retells the origin of Marvel's friendly neighbourhood web-slinging crawler, with Andrew Garfield as Peter Parker, Emma Stone as Gwen Stacy, and Reese Evans as the Lizard. And then after that general discussion we went into spoiler overdrive. Here's what they had to say, and they were talking to me and James. How are you gents? We are good. We're good, happy good. to be here. Great. The latest leg of your world tour.
1: Where have you where have you been so far? We started in Tokyo mm-hmm. and Seoul, Korea, and, and Moscow, and Moscow and
2: then right London. here to London and then and tonight after the premiere we go to Paris and then
1: Berlin mm-hmm. and then Madrid and Roma and then back to New York. And then back to LA, and then, and then <laughs> yeah. we and then we lie
2: down for a while. Ah. We just lie down at Avi's house in Malibu. Okay, okay. So you are not going straight into the sequel then? Oh, we're in it. You're, we're you're, you're in di- it, you're you're The immersed. writers are doing their bit, so we get to lie down for five minutes.
0: Okay. Yeah. Um. So uh, what's the what's the feeling like for you guys at the moment? Are you are you nervous because your baby is just about to go out into this world, and are you, are you worried about receptions? Do you are, are you, you you're confident that people are going to love this thing?
1: Uh, you know what? Um. I should be nervous, probably being stupid, not being (laughs) nervous. But um, we love this movie, and Mm -hmm. and we thought about it for a long time. It's not like something new. We were working on it before we abandoned number four. Uh, And once the casting came together and the CGI came together and Mm. the amazing chemistry between Andrew and Emma... Um and the rest of the cast that is exemplary. I don't know. We We you know, we had this great moment
2: um when we finally got to see the movie at IMAX, you know, three mm. D at IMAX. Um and I mean obviously Avi and I have been there involved in every moment of this thing and you know, we knew what we were doing. Um but finally you see it. And it it was it, it was mind blowing. And I, I remember, you know, we walked up to Mark Webb and sort of looked at him like, you saw this. This is, a, <laughs> this is what you were imagining. And, and it, it's 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 I think it probably, you know, in, in the movie business, it works one of several ways. You know, mm-hmm. you, you have a, an idea and a vision for something. And sometimes it doesn't live up to that. Sometimes maybe it does. And then sometimes it, it, it exceeds it in a way that is just what movie magic is. and 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 there is
1: another meter to it you know when you see first we live by the monitor so you see every shot as it unfolds and for us we watch it on the 3D monitors Hmm. and then you look at dailies and then you look at Cuts, yeah. And then early cut and later cut. So we see the movie... Over and over. Uh, endlessly. And in, in unfinished in terms unfinished as well. In yeah. unfinished terms. Well, the visual effects. But some, yeah. you know, yeah. there are days that we do nothing but watch visual effects. Right. And there are some days that we're just listening to score. And and in a way, it, the, for us, the mark of a movie that... That we are starting to feel good about is that we we still enjoy there are certain parts that will always laugh at yeah and there are certain parts that will always feel like hmm, provocative mm-hmm. uh, we are interested in a movie mm-hmm. yeah and and that's kind of when you are into something for two years uh, th- that's a good sign when you want to see it again and that day in IMAX was like.
2: Oh, we couldn't believe it. I mean, it was like, really? You know, because the part of you, and this is what I think you want to have happen, in that moment, you want to be just a guy going to the movies. Yeah. And to be able to separate yourself from everything you've been through for Uh the last two years. And and we did. I mean, you know, we all looked at you, we were giddy. (laughs) You know, just like kids who'd gone to see Spider-Man. And uh, so, you know, and then the other thing that's happening right now, you know, you say you know it's you're sort of your baby's going out into the world, and, yeah. and the best thing, you know, like uh, obviously, I've got kids, and I have I have a son, and it's cool when people like your kids. You know, <laughs> <laughs> it's really nice when they're like, I love your son. Yeah. People are really responding to this movie, yeah. you know, and and that's a whole other layer, mm. um, because sure, we you know we love it. But uh, but to see people react to it as strongly as they have, and to be as passionate and outspoken is, you know, it's, it's it's what you what you dream for.
1: It, it was especially fun to come from behind. Yeah, there's no question yeah. that when you have a trilogy by mm-hmm. Sam Raimi, incredibly well done trilogy, and a beloved director, and obviously a beloved character, an actor, and and it it left an impact. It yeah. did well enough to have. Really impacted our world, and the first question from everybody on the boards, as you remember, were well, too early, too late, mm. uh, why now, why tomorrow, you know, all these nonsense, and which is, it's never about time, it's about content. Uh, you know, it's like no one asked him why I made a second painting. <laughs> like, already you just finished one. Uh, it, it's funny. like, a, yeah. it's not about the timeline. Did you, you just a, make that up? Yeah. That was good. <laughs> it's, it's the story has to hold. And once, once we felt uh, that we still knew, hmm. you can write down the questions you will get. And, and, and our fan base, especially uh, sitting in Empire, you, you will relate to that. And I dealt with it all my life in Marvel. They love the fact that we are doing something new. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they're so precious about the property, about the Spider-Man, that there is almost like, you know, if someone puts a cigarette to the palm of your hand, and threaten you, I'm going to do this. It's easier to just grab it, you know, crush the cigarette so it burns one time. It's not the anticipation because that's what kills you. Yeah. So once people started seeing materials that made them comfortable, it it became something we could take. Yeah. Before we couldn't combat it. I mean, the materials are not ready. Yeah, well, that's the thing. You You know, you read every day what,
2: you know, people's... Ideas about what they think you're doing, um, and you can't say anything, and you know you just have to keep your head down and and make the best version of the movie, you know that you that you think you can make. Yeah, um, and you know at the end of the day, you're incredibly glad people care that much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I think the flip side is yeah. you work on a movie where nobody gives a. I don't know what the audience is for your radio show, but you can, you can say uh, fuck. It's fine. I was only going to go for shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: Nobody gives a fucking shit. Um, but you know that's that's a place you don't want to live. Yeah. And so this is the other thing, which is everybody gives a huge shit. Um, yeah. Uh, but but cool because because mm. you know we think we have.
3: But it cool. strikes me with this one that you you do have a secret weapon, kind of in the form of Andrew Garfield, who uh, yeah. to my mind I think embodied Peter Parker in a way that you know no disrespect to Stobie McGuire but no one has ever really done yeah. before yeah. I mean at what stage did you realize that I mean was it the casting stage when you made that decision because that's not something you would have gone into lightly
2: casting was, was I mean we always say it the was the, the well, scariest well, moment yeah, I mean, if exactly. there was one because you know we had a great story to tell mm-hmm. and we had a director we loved and we feel pretty good about ourselves and the studios behind us and you know you have all the pieces in place um, who's Peter Parker you know, that's, 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 that is, that's the, the center of the whole thing of the movie. And if you didn't find that, what are you going to do? And, uh, you know, there was this moment where we, you know, we were really lucky. I mean, it's, it's not a surprise that there are a lot of really talented actors who would, would have loved to have played this part. And so there, you know, I, I was at the studio at the time, but there were, uh, you know, a zillion really talented people auditioning for the role. Um, and it's, but it comes down to that moment where you you know you look at somebody's audition in this case andrew um and it he was peter parker Mm. he just embodied him you know with his lanky long you know body his physique and his wry wit and his intensity his intelligence and you know it's just charm incredibly charming plus he has amazing hair he has the best hair in the world I look at it at yeah, someone yeah. who has <laughs> I suffer from bad hair you guys have no hair yeah. I just suffer yeah. from dry head and I see him Garfield every day it's like this it's all like fluffy and yeah. layered it's fantastic like a L'Oreal yeah. well okay so you figured it out it was the hair yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and we found a guy that had the physicality to support uh, one of the bylaws where to make a movie that is yeah. uh, more realistic yeah. and more visceral mm. like he wanted to feel the action. Yeah. This action is hard to do. And he is just a natural-born athlete and committed himself to yeah. it. I think probably the, the thing that hit me most about Garfield is his, is his commitment for his age. Yeah. Uh, working with the stunt guys on nights off. Like, he'll be off, they will on, he was there with them to make sure that the body language and so on is the same. So you had incredible disciplined mm-hmm. actor who really cared about every word he's saying and why he's saying it, and knowing Spider-Man. Mm. So, mm-hmm. so when it all came together, again, it was very hard to introduce to the world and the same reaction you have. They don't know how to react. They don't know what to think. Because if you think, you close your eyes and you think of Spider-Man that you know from the movies, you have an image and the image is Toby yeah and and you, to transcend that something has to come in and do such a different job and such a good job that all of a sudden you say yeah that's Peter Parker and and no need for comparisons because this is a different movie now and
2: that's i right. think that's a really important point there is no need for comparison and toby was spectacular and for a lot of people you know very iconic in that role this is just this is a completely different interpretation of that character.
3: So this is the ultimate Spider-Man to that Sensational Spider-Man or something along those lines.
1: It's it's actually what what sets up apart is the origin. Yeah. Because I think our origin, in all fairness, uh, in this movie, is more important to to children and adults. By the way, mm. the the fact that our lives are basically carved when we are very young. Especially they tell you your parents are gone. They didn't come back. You know nothing about it. You'll always live in this dichotomy of why did they leave me? It's like children of divorce. You know, it's it's yeah. so known when they start crying and saying, I'll be good. They think they had something to do with it, and they don't. And here's a kid who this shroud of secrecy makes him think that his parents were not good people and because of it he also doesn't know who he is that's a great origin for a child that becomes an only child Mm. in a way he's adopted which is again there's crowds of children around the world that suffer from the same question who am I why I don't have what my friends have a normal life you go to school on the first day teachers do this thing so what's your father do well Mm -hmm. I don't have a father yeah and boom, all of a sudden, the whole club, know, I mean, uh, and, and, and that was such a great thing to do because Peter Parker, for us, has to speak for all of them and for all of us. Mm. So, so it was like when Andrew came into it with these really warm eyes, you know, uh, Andrew has a, an emotional vulnerability and tremendous strength at the same time. And that's a new kind of hero. That's yeah. really a new kind of. Incredible, there. incredible
2: compassion. Mm. But you know, the thing, what Avi's talking about, when you make a decision to focus on this hugely seminal event that happens to this little boy, which is that his parents leave for whatever reason good, bad, just he doesn't know. Yeah. And the legacy of that. Is incredibly powerful and it's the most defining thing. He's a he's a boy on a quest,
1: mm.
2: not only to figure out who what happened, but as a result, who am I? You know, and where do I fit in? And and so what happened with our movie very organically is it became this kind of quest. Yeah. And Peter is at the heart of everything that happens in the movie. Absolutely. Because he's chasing mm. this question.
0: Well, it could almost be called The Amazing Peter Parker because mm-hmm. the focus yeah, seems yeah, to be exactly. much more on him than it is on, that's right. on Spider-Man. and mm. It's about him becoming Spider-Man, obviously. That's but it. <laughs> We
1: played with that, by yeah. the way. We did. We actually played, uh, which was the amazing, the story of Peter Parker as, yeah. a, as a subtitle. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. it just was a lot of words <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> big posters but but, it, <laughs> yeah. it, but conceptually exactly. it was it was the right thing it's a movie about secrets it's a movie about everybody's missing something uh, Therese is missing an arm he's yeah. missing parents she's Missing something, and she falls in love with him, and so what? And everybody's so, so. trying to get whole. Mm. That's the whole thing. It's, mm. it's what, what is price life, you're willing to which pay. Which is what yeah. we are all trying to do.
0: That's get right. It all. So absolutely. Um, Andrew, as we all know, is a massive Spider-Man fan. He grew up idolizing yeah. this character and idolizing Peter Parker. Um, he's admitted in interviews that that pressure got to him at times, and he had to see therapists and whatnot to deal with the pressure of bringing this beloved character to life. How did that impact on you guys? I mean, and how? Uh, Was he there to support him through these difficult times as he was making the film?
2: He, um, it didn't impact us in any in any way other than it it gave him. He took everything incredibly seriously. I mean, talk about with great power. Yeah. You know, th- this was a kid, or he's not a kid anymore, but this is a guy who grew up, I mean, he sent us a picture of himself when he was three years old in a Spider-Man outfit. <laughs> I'd love um, to see that picture. Which I'm sure he'll show you. <laughs> um, maybe not. But, um, Doubt us somehow. But he he did, you know, he stood up at Comic-Con, yeah. you know, and now yeah. it's, a, it's a well-known story. Um, if you back up from Comic-Con the night before Comic-Con, mm-hmm. We had all gotten together to prepare, you know, the road show that we were going to do and talk about what we were showing and we were with him. Um, And it was Avi and and me and Andrew. And he he said to us, do you guys mind if I read you something I wrote? We said, sure, you know, whatever. You know, he said, because I'm thinking maybe I'll if you like it, you know, and he and he read he read this thing, which was a letter to the fans Mm. explaining his love of the character. And, and what a, what an incredible honor and responsibility it was to bring that character to life. That was so genuine and honest. And, you know, obviously he then read it and I think people really responded, but it was incredibly important for him to, to tell people that this, that he took this very seriously and the same was true when we were shooting that he made very serious decisions about the character based on a love of that character and and things obviously he interpreted it but things that were true to Peter Parker yeah. meant a lot to him and uh he's just an unbelievable professional um and and you know sometimes in life you get a you, you have a job that also coincides with a great passion you yeah. know and and that's what this was for him awesome. um, so it was it was actually very cool to be part of
0: that way. Fantastic. Uh, the, the film begins and ends with Peter in mm-hmm. high school, uh, around about 17 years old, something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Andrew yeah. is now 28. He's about to be 29, I think. Um, are you worried in case he ages really badly over the next couple of years? In <laughs> case he has some
1: <laughs> some road miles, so to speak? Well, on face? Uh, we provided for it <clears throat> at the end of the, the night after the premiere uh, Andrew is going to go into a quiet, quiet club. Yeah, and, and age uh, backwards actually. And age he... backward. <laughs> yeah, and we are going to release him for the sequel. Okay. Yeah. Good. And then we are going to put him back in ice. <laughs> uh, Did you guys see Benjamin Button? Yeah, okay, but that's, that's what it is. Yeah. It's, it's, a, it's true. It's a true story.
2: The curious case of Andy yeah. Duffy, uh, Andrew Duffy. Duffy. <laughs>
3: Yeah.
0: Otherwise, so. you could clone him. I know I Spider Man and clones don't necessarily work. Well, but you could no. go down that road. <laughs> Not as long as I'm alive. That's Not right. That's right.
1: Uh, so. I remember coming into Marvel to the cloning saga. Oh, man. <laughs> Do you remember uh, somebody pitched us that idea? Yes. Yeah. So, and you had them burned uh, permanently.
2: <laughs> actually, I've never seen Avi react so viscerally in a room, usually quite polite. This did not go well for the writer. And but, he was uh, so excited. He thought like he was like, this is cool. You can tell he didn't do his homework.
1: All you have to do is go online yeah, and, I know, I know. and see the club yeah. stories that almost closed down Marvel. Right. That's right. It was... And uh pitched
2: that story. Oh,
1: Ben Riley shall have his
0: day. <laughs> right. He shall happen. Um, right. So we just want to talk about uh, some second, third act stuff now for the mm-hmm. podcast. So um, one thing that hangs over the movie is Oscorp and Norman Osborn, who is frequently referred to, but as far as we know, never seen. Mm -hmm. Um, Can you talk about that decision and to, I guess, exclude Norman, first of all?
1: Well, Oscorp for us, uh, in Spider-Man, New York City is a character. It's it's part of the Spider-Man story. Uh, Daily Bugle is... The news service that service New York City mm. within the universe of Spider-Man. Oscorp is the Dark Tower. It's it's the Vader of industry, if you will. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, in which things happening for good and bad of humanity, uh, but they are usually taking things to a level that. Maybe illegal, uh, maybe designed for mass destruction, and so on and so forth. Uh, at the end of so, so we put in this tower that looks amazing in mm. the movie, and actually, if if it was ready on time, yeah. Uh, we met with Kevin and we were going to put it into his New York. <laughs> and we were going to <laughs> put Skyline Stark yeah. Tower into our New York. Oh really you had yeah. that conversation. Yeah, it's a whole oh, meeting. God. And and we loved the idea. The effects weren't ready. And, and oh, the, man. It just we couldn't in the future hopefully we'll be able to get it through because it's fun. So Norman for us in this movie wasn't an important face. Mm-hmm. Okay, it was more a symbolic idea of of the world of science. It's a place where his father worked. It's a fact. It's a place that Connors worked, and most important is a place that aspired to that Peter aspired to be in. Mm-hmm. One because his father was there, two it it stands for the ultimate advancement of science and and biotechnology and so on. So. The threat of Norman at the top, uh, that's that's what the comics are about. Mm. You can read the whole comic book and you have a mention of something Uh that may not appear for two more issues. Yeah. But the threat of Norman there, especially when you have the new girl, you have Gwen Stacy, you want a hint, you know, it's like a painting. You just put a little... Norman somewhere <laughs> yes um, because
2: you know the truth is if
1: you if you, delve, if you delve
2: if you delve a lot further and you've seen the movie now yeah um, we had a lot of story to tell within this movie and dr. Connors is a very rich character um, and that's where we wanted to spend time on yeah. that relationship between Peter and dr. Connors um, and the lizard and, and so, you know, if you begin to, to then venture into Norman and Oscorp in this movie, um, it's it just you only you have a finite amount of screen time. Yeah. Um, so, as Avi said, he hangs over this building and the lives of these people. Yeah. Um, and you know we're going to make more movies. Absolutely, but
0: there's some fascinating ideas contained within that because it's it's stated very clearly a couple of times that Norman Osborn, uh, Norman Osborn, difficult man yeah. to say, is uh, is dying. Uh, so and his his origin would then seem to be linked in some way with the lizards, and obviously Spider-Man is then responsible for, or Peter is responsible for not only the lizard's origin, but down the line, right. we would assume the Green Goblins.
1: Can you talk about that? Well, if you look at Norman Affliction, if you will cross-species genetics or any kind of that science is exactly what he needs to survive. Mm. So obviously he will support this kind of science to the end degree, and the end degree is, of course, where it is happening in laboratories around the world and cloning and, and stem cell that is being used to, to create life forms that we really don't know what to do with them mm. if we create them so it all made sense that at the top of the building there is a guy that has a huge personal stake and then you have Connors who has a huge personal stake mm. in succeeding and then you have the man who's supposed to be carrying the clue for it who vanished disappeared, and it happened to be Peter's dad yeah. and this line in the movie when he says it's something my father was working on and now I know why he wanted it to be kept a secret. Yeah, uh, it's a, there's a weird sense in which... Science doesn't work like that, they just yeah. go for it. Yeah, they're all sort of
2: Norman's lab rats, Yeah, you know what I mean, exactly. there's, there's, there's something that Norman needs, and everybody here, also has their own needs mm. and 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 peter becomes the little mouse in the you know <laughs> and the metaphor is breaking down on me but but, well, but, but that... he's the puppeteer norman but, and, and well, that's something we're going to get to
3: people say, i mean you say norman osborn people think green goblin um, but the interesting thing certainly from reading the the dark rain comics a, a few years ago is that norman osborn just as a personality is actually a very powerful yes. villain character i mean is that something you'd want to explore before or even instead of tackling the Green Goblin. I'm not holding you to this, but I?
1: I... Listen, the, the Goblin is... <clears throat> excuse me. The Goblin can be something that happens for a very short period of time, uh, or the Goblin can become a whole story. The real story is Norman, and I think this movie showed beyond the shadow of a doubt that Peter Parker is the most interesting study here the fact that he becomes Spider Man and so on. It's 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 great and it's wish fulfillment and it's the metaphor and all this stuff. But Peter works so well. And Norman needs to work really, really well mm. and and be the kind of classical, marvel, sympathetic villain who who carries something very personal as a reason to do what he is doing. Mm. And the fact that he's going to fly through the air and fly and and fight Peter, eventually it will be inevitable. But that's not his main story. And he's also he he like Connors, and this is
2: important. Is connected to Peter Parker. You know, there's this there's the and 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 he Norman is connected to Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. And you 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 get hints of that in the movie, obviously. His relationship to Peter's father, his relationship to, to to Doc Connors, so Norman Osborn, the man, is critically important to to where this story is going. What it's is,
1: all about secrets. Yeah, Norman yeah. has a secret. Connors has a secret. Hmm. Uh, Peter's father had a secret. Now Peter has a secret. When <laughs> Peter and Connors connect, he's still keeping a secret. You say, I, I have this thing here, and why don't we try it? Yeah. But he never really say up front to him, this is where I got it. Right? Absolutely. So it's all about secrets and all these people contain amazing powers. People Peter is the ultimate specimen. You know, he's okay. It seems like, wow, it worked on him. So all these little hints that you see throughout the movie are saying, so if it worked on Peter uh, oh boy, this kid is not going to have a moment of peace. Yeah, and, and that's a wonderful thing to look at. Mm. I think in the end, you know,
2: like we said, Norman is a really important character, and as Avi said, I mean, there's there's a certain inevitability to someday, you know, seeing the Green Goblin. Mm. Um, what we always have done and will do is, you know, what serves the story best. You know, and and again, going back to this quest that Peter is very clearly still on when this movie ends. Um, that's going to lead us to villains. That's the best version of how you figure out who your villain is going to be, is how it serves Peter's story along the way. So um, when that moment comes, mm,
3: cause we, of course we're not scared of it. He never finds the guy that he's ultimately looking for, the guy who kills Uncle Ben, so.
2: Correct. That's Correct. So far, he hasn't yet. <laughs>
3: uh, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yet indeed. Well, speaking of a secrets, word. there is yes. <laughs> a, a, a sequence later on in the credits yeah. mm-hmm. uh, where we see the arrival of someone else was that Norman can you tell us who that was <laughs> the man in the it, shadows possibly yes he didn't, see, he didn't seem how you'd expect Norman Osborn to be in the way that he presented himself right
1: <laughs> <laughs> remember what Avi said at. about
3: secrets well, <laughs> yeah. we have some too okay um, it was Thanos so. <laughs> yes <laughs> I <believe> it was <laughs> <It's right.
1: laughs> um, I, I mean you get two secrets out of it who is this guy yeah
0: and what's gonna happen to Connors Absolutely. and the connection as well to Peter's parents and, exactly. and whatnot. There's, there's a there's and that's a, the
2: thing there's more there are people watching yeah. and that that you know there are people watching Peter Parker um, and and that's a, that sense of foreboding is, is, is kind of cool and,
1: and it's it's fun to know that they don't have to know who is Peter Parker mm. they have to know that there is a specimen out there calling himself Spider-Man uh, that has all these abilities and and if you are in the know and you want something special you want this guy yeah and and yeah he be, yeah he contains that's always the a good point to know that Spider-Man is now being watched by very powerful people mm. that are not going to sit on the sideline not figuring out Made this thing so special
0: because there's a suggestion throughout the movie mm. that uh, Peter was prepared, if you will, for this this process that he undergoes. That uh, that perhaps there's some sort of latent ability in his DNA that was triggered by the mm. spider bite rather than implanted by the spider bite. Mm. Can you talk about Matt's expression alone in case we may be onto something? I love uh, can, can, can I love uh, that interpretation. Can, <laughs> yeah. can you uh, can you comment on that? I mean, there's the the, the shot the close up of the spider in the glass at the beginning when his mm. when his father has disappeared.
1: Well, <laughs> uh, that roll, roll a nice roll, shot, Roll is that what that was? That's what it was. That web yeah. is so tricky. <laughs> I, I, I think that, that, again, as much as we can address it is the fact that Peter's father was into spider research. And then let people's imagination yeah. do the legwork. And when we read it online maybe we'll know what to do with it. Exactly. (laughs) We are looking for answers. That's right, absolutely. Because
3: you're blowing fanboys' minds because the idea with, I mean, Chris mentioned Thanos, at the end of the Avengers having Thanos there, it was a... Mm. If you know you're Marvel, you'll know who this is and you'll yeah. have a big old smile on your face. I mean, when we went to see it, someone in front of me went, dude, it's Hellboy! It's, it's, it's not Hellboy. Um, That's <laughs> wrong publisher. Right. Um, uh, but with this, I hmm. mean, presumably it was... I mean, you probably get loads of people flicking through the backage. Who the hell was that? Yeah. Was it more just a sense that there's a larger world here? It wasn't about identifying this character. Yes. It was about yes. the big
2: picture. Yes. yes. It's both. I mean, it's, it's really about the larger world and, and all of that. But, mm. you know it's one of those things that you're going to look back after the next movie and it will make more sense. Mm. And we're not going to screw that up for you <laughs> or for us. Um, but, but it is also about the larger world. And again, that I think just moviegoers sitting in the, in the theater. And, and I feel like my movies ended and, you know, and the, the last line, you know, Peter's last line and all that to Gwen. And then there's this whole other thing happening. Mm. And I love that idea that, wait a minute, there's more going on here, and mm. the power, the powers that be, are are not finished with our boy and with this story, and and, and that's and so it's it's a it's it, you know it's a it's a tease in a sense, but Nothing it also is finished. Yeah, at all. The girl
1: is not finished, and May is not yeah. finished
2: mm. at all. Well you mentioned different
3: things going on the beating heart of this story is almost the love story between the two of them which yeah. plays out fantastically because yeah. Emma Stone is amazing awesome. um, <laughs> She is that uh, on every level uh, but was there a, a sense I mean was there ever a consideration of cutting just at the smile you know that she gives the smile in the classroom that to me felt like almost an idea I mean it's great that there's a bit on the end and you see more but that seemed like a perfect knowing way to end it was that ever To on cut, the cut out on the smile Yeah to cut on the smile and just finish
1: Frankly we think that it's a Spider-Man movie. Mm. Got it. and And you need to make sure that you end up on... Peter owned the fact that he's Spider-Man. And he's going out uh, for one more swing. Uh, <laughs> uh, it, it's a wonderful, uplifting thing because when her father says to him, I was wrong about you, Peter. Yeah. You know, take care of the city. Yeah. Uh, and he, he made... A tough decision, you know, what, what do I do with a girl, what what do I do with a promise, but at the end, the one thing that he's fulfilling for all of us, and I think people want to see it, there mm. is a, it I find it very satisfying, mm. is the fact that, yes, I am Spider-Man, and I own it, mm. I, because the way he swings, the way he does it, you see the, the, the joy of life in the swing, It's not, he's not worried, he's not depressed, I'm Spider-Man, and I'm up there, and I'm looking at you, and that's
2: Spider-Man. The two are, look, we we obviously, we saw the movie without that, because, you know, it wasn't finished, so So, we we know what that looks like, and it's very provocative to go to, you know, black after that, Um, but... What Avi says is right, and and you have to look at it. There, those two scenes—the scene in the classroom and then Spider-Man f- taking the final flight—are related. You have to track the emotion of Peter Parker at the end of the scene in the high school. He sees possibility. Yeah, I can have it all. I can, I can, I can, I can do this, possibly. <laughs> and, and so, and so, so with that optimism. You want to feel him fully realized that, you know, there, there's hope for love Mm -hmm. and I'm going to be this hero. And, 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 and it's a different, but they're the same. Do you know what I'm saying? They're, Mm -hmm. they're, they're linked as an idea. And then as fans what'' saying is right you want i want to see the I want to see spider-man fly again you know over and over and over again but i want to feel the emotion of that swing that's yeah. the thing you always want to know what he's feeling when he's swinging and what he's feeling in that moment is I think I can Hold all these pieces together. Yeah,
0: because we haven't really seen that in the movie. I mean, his heroic swing towards Oscorp at the end, he's injured, right? He's struggling, but this is the first time we've really seen him fully realize as Spider Man. You know, yeah. you
2: see, you see, you hear the sirens go by, yeah, and the cars go by, yeah, and he's Spider Man. That's his job now. Yeah, and this is this is really as we said before. The new this sheriff. Is, that's right. This is he. The mantle <laughs> has been passed from Captain Stacy, and this is he's the new sheriff in town. That's, that's right. right.
0: Um, the it, it, I just want to talk about process, and uh, obviously Gwen's story is well known to comic book fans and, and how it ends. Um, I was very intrigued that you didn't end it that way in this film, because uh, I, I love these guys together, and I'm, I'm glad we're going to see them in, in at least one more movie. Was there ever a point in the development of this film that that Gwen's
1: story ended the way it
0: does in the comics? No. no,
1: no, 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 no. It it would have been too fast. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Uh, as you can tell, it took a whole movie to let us all enjoy this new relationship. Yeah. Uh, to show what a match they are, because the more, the more you you fall in love with them as a couple, the more you want them to be together, the bigger the tragedy, and the conflict will be into the future. Mm. Uh, because if you introduce her and get rid of her <laughs> in the first movie... It feels manufactured. It feels yeah. manufactured. Yeah, yeah. And and by the way, and there is no rush. The nice thing with, with this universe, there is no rush. You you don't need to close the door on anything. Mm. Uh, after 50 years of publishing, why? <laughs> uh, because if the story is good, yeah. you, you let it breathe. Yeah. No one is going to say, I'm not going to see this movie because... Uh, the night when Stacy died, it didn't happen in movie one. Yeah, yeah. I think if you fell in love with Gwen in this movie, the last thing you want is not to see her again. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I felt a palpable sense of relief, <laughs> I'll, I'll be honest. Yeah. That's, you, you know, we, we love this material. Yeah. We, we love comics, and, and, and we try and think the way would you would think, you would think, uh, at, at what point the next level may be acceptable. Hmm. And it better mean something. You you don't sacrifice something like that for nothing. It better have some huge emotional implications and and without going into detail. I mean, someone is always responsible, right? Absolutely. And, And that's that's it okay fair enough um, just a couple of last
0: questions before we let you guys go um, when we spoke for Empire's cover feature we were talking about the proto-goblin uh, which is your Fan Khan's character or less right. what he was billed as when he was first cast right. um, did that thread go away in the end or was there an idea that uh, he was the, 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 car, the proto-goblin didn't quite make the film or, or what, was the, what was the thinking there
1: um proto-goblin mm. yeah there was, a, there was a talk about a second bad yes. guy at one point yeah. oh yeah. There. okay yeah okay. um so I don't know where the talk came from. Not mm. from us. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we tried multiple villains before. Yeah. As you know, and it's really hard to service, especially when you go into an origin story. Also, there was no reason uh, to ask Connors. It's a movie about secrets, and Connors holds secrets, and 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 Norman holds secrets. So to bring in an active villain into it, yeah, that doesn't really that is more of an active physically active villain than an emotional active villain would have served the movie poorly. Yeah, because the whole idea behind Counters is and 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 Peter, that he cannot destroy him. He can't. He is uh, his wealth of information. That that forget for a second if he likes him and he feels fatherly and all this, this is irrelevant. What's relevant is he holds secrets. He holds yeah. answers. And I don't want to destroy him because I kind of like this guy and I screwed up. Yeah yeah, 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 I could have talked to him. He would have had half a... He had a stubble instead of an arm, but we still could have talked. But I was so anxious to say thank you for letting me into your life and let me... Give you something now, and look what I did. Yeah, absolutely. So that was more important than starting to. We
2: we had enough. He was never. I mean, to be honest with you, he was always like an administrator. I mean, uh, that's the truth mm-hmm. in the scripts going back to the beginning. And in a weird way, that's his danger in the movie. Mm-hmm. That you know he doesn't. He, scientists, whether it's Norman or or you know. Connors in, in, in this movie, or All you know, in, or yeah, well, not scientists care, yeah, and I think there's a you know they sometimes go right or left of, of morality, mm-hmm. but they give a shit, yeah, and I don't think Rotha does. I yeah. think Rotha's a bit. Rotha's doing his job. It's a I'm, I'm, yeah, and Rotha wants results for his boss, yeah, and that's a very dangerous thing in life. Because he doesn't care; he's blind to consequence. Mm. And in some ways, he's the final piece, you know, he's the yeah. straw yeah. that results in in Connor's doing what he does. Awesome. Um, and so we wanted to, that. That was always part of the idea, regardless
1: he, he of what people He was never thought. supposed to be a villain. He no. was supposed to be an enabler of villains. <laughs> <An> enabler. <laughs> well, <laughs> I mean, he, he, he's it's the, always the, he's the, the that's right, right. <laughs> He's the pressure point for everybody. Yeah. And, and and not intrusive one, yeah. but yet very effective in his power. Yeah. He pushes to buttons. move things too fast that's right. and, and 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 that's exactly what happened here. I think Connors knew it was premature. But he also knew that it's now or never
0: absolutely right. right. Absolutely. well gents uh, I think James and I could talk to you about this film for hours but people yeah. are literally banging on <laughs> the windows telling us to stop so uh, Matt Tomac and Avi Arad, thank you
2: very much indeed thank, thank
1: you, you so much thank great you. being so in Empire on. in London we love family. Empire well this there
0: you go so the feeling cool. is mutual so there it is alright yeah, it's all good I love
2: it <laughs> we'll see you in a couple of years <laughs> thank <laughs> you indeed. cheers bye yeah.
0: okay so that's what Avi and Matt had to say and us turn our attention to what we have to say very general terms guys what do we think of the amazing Spider Man Helen?
4: Um I had a bit of a problem with this one because I quite liked it there were many elements that I thought were really good but it just didn't leave me kind of fired up, I didn't, I didn't come away from it sort of exhilarated, I didn't come away from it kind of bouncing and I think this is the kind of film which if it's done really really well I do come away with from bouncing, you know, it's, it's meant to be a, a nice joyous summer blockbuster and it, and it didn't quite have that um, it just wasn't successful as that for me
0: Interesting. So, in, in, in a way, maybe an insubstantial filling in an Avengers Dark Knight sandwich? Uh,
4: yes. Uh, I think that's the problem, is, isn't is it? Because it is coming after the Avengers, which brilliantly succeeded at doing just that. At, at, you know, telling a story, at having characters and giving them character moments and giving them stuff to do and building those characters further up. Um, but also, you know, giving us action and, and ridiculous superhero fights and, and uh, effects and everything else. So I think it, you know, it does have a lot to measure up to. We are obviously looking forward to The Dark Knight r- Rises, and and for me, it didn't quite measure up. But even just on its own terms, I, I think, it. you know, I don't I find it hard to remember what was in it. It didn't, nothing kind of stuck out for me apart from maybe the, the two leads who I thought were terrific.
0: That's useful for a spoiler filled podcast.
4: Well, you know, I'm <laughs> going to try and get, to do a, what I can.
0: Oh, there was a guy and he had something, there was something come out of his hand and there was a man in a coat, he had a tail. I can't really remember, but
5: anyway, do go and see it. <laughs> I think we, Helen was drugged, clearly.
4: <laughs> <laughs> I was, did go see it with Chris, so it's possible. It is true. Uh, I'll drug on.
5: anyone. That no, was exactly how I felt coming out. My first uh, thought was having seen the Avengers, which. Is so huge. The scale of it is so huge. The action is so huge. But also the character stuff is brilliant. And having seen this, it didn't, it didn't live up to that on any level. Really, it just felt small, and the characters weren't as fun. Well,
0: that's one of the reasons I, I want to do in here today, Nick, because uh, you have a, a sort of diametrically opposed
5: few uh, in this movie than, than than I do. In particular, you have a problem with Andrew Garfield, don't you? I don't have a huge problem with him. I think he's a good actor, very mm-hmm. good actor. Um, but I just didn't buy him as Peter Parker. I'm not a huge Spider-Man uh, fanatic. I don't, you know, know everything about him. But I kind of bought Tobey Maguire as Peter Parker, the nerdy, dweeby guy who gets beaten up on, and then becomes a, a superhero. And it's really satisfying when he starts, you know, fighting back and and doing heroic things. Whereas Andrew Garfield, uh, he's tall, he's good looking, he's a skateboarding whiz. He, I, I didn't get why people were picking on him. And, uh, you know, he he was already flirting with Emma Stone. She seemed to be into him beforehand. So he was having a good time even without being bitten by a spider. I don't think this movie necessarily went as deeply into the bullying
0: mm. aspect of Peter Parker. I mean, I think that was just one thing. And it, it just happened to be he was trying to stop a fight
5: and got hit by Flash Thompson. But he has to be an underdog doesn't he Peter Parker has he's, to be an underdog he Otherwise,
0: still is an underdog yeah, he's, he's struggling against you know, his, his, he doesn't know what happened to his parents which is a very interesting thread that this film introduces he's clearly unhappy at home he's unhappy at school he's flirting with, with Gwen Stacy but he hasn't you know he hasn't sealed the deal by any, by any stretch of the imagination <laughs> easy now and uh, yeah, I really really liked Andrew Garfield I always feel that he you know I've spoken to him a lot about this film over the last couple of years and he's got a real connection to this character a real connection to Peter Parker Um, loved the character growing up and uh, interestingly enough a connection more to Peter Parker than to Spider-Man I would say
4: I would I I actually kind of agree with you on this Chris I I actually liked him as Peter Parker and I don't think Peter Parker has to be a sort of stereotypical nerd in order for this to work I mean he was kind of quiet and withdrawn and he you know I think and, and awkward seeming, he did very well at the body language of being a seventeen-year-old. Yeah, because uh, he's, he's twenty-eight a, he, yeah, now. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Um, so, I th- you know, I think I didn't get that from it. I think the problem was for me more the characterization of Spider-Man because Spider-Man in this, especially in the early scenes. Now, I get that he's kind of meant to be. You know, learning about himself and becoming the Spider-Man he's meant to be, if you will. But he comes across as just insufferable. This is not my (laughs) Spider-Man. This is not a hero. You mean the wisecracking? Not, not just the wisecracking. Although I think that scene with the carjacker is is kind of terrible that way. But he's not. You know, he doesn't seem like he's really doing good. This is not a Spider-Man who's accomplishing good in the world. And I get that he's, you know, has to make that journey and get to that point. But that journey takes up most of the film and that's not my spider-man that's not spider-man can
5: we just thing. talk for a minute about the scene where he uh, decides on the costume he falls he's on a roof right he's on a roof running away from from people and who he, he falls has into a wrestling ring yes and that's how he decides on the costume
0: that is yes awful <laughs> that scene was it's, awful it's 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 it's, it's know, inorganic
5: it? <laughs> <laughs> i may grant you that The Raimi one had a really fun way of of doing it. And I get that they couldn't repeat what Sam Raimi had done. You know, when he becomes a wrestler with his using his powers to try and get some cash. Yeah. I
3: thought that worked really well. It's a fundamental problem, though, isn't it? Is how does a geeky uh, high school kid come up with a perfectly tailored lycra outfit? Do you know what I mean? It's. how do you organically fix that into a story? And Kick-Ass kind of spoofed that, didn't he? Well, it's yeah, very much so. Yeah, rubbish. and he looks like a dork, and that's the point. But how, you know, how do you get a costume that looks really good, but also fit it into that storyline? I think it's always f- going to be clumsy. I'd love to see in a film like this, uh, you know, someone get bitten by something or
0: have a radioactive waste or whatever it is it turns them into a superhero, and then they just go to a Hollywood costume designer <laughs> <laughs> and just pay them a load of cash because those guys. They can keep Bruce that
3: Wayne out. has
5: money. He goes to Lucius yeah. Fox, and he's sorted.
3: He does. You know you know I mean. But he the doesn't
5: have that. It looked really expensive in this film. It looked much more expensive than in the Raimi one. Well, That's in the, the Raimi Slic- ones, apparently.
4: He's a, he's uh, a, a wizard with ones. a needle and thread. In the Raimi ones, didn't it cost like ten thousand dollars? Was it eighty thousand dollars? I heard some insane amount for the cost of the suits in the Raimi one. Right. Um, and uh, and it's kind of the same thing here. That is clearly but high tech. But his first tech tech one is
5: rubbish in the Raimi one. Do you remember that
0: he? Comes yeah, up no,
4: absolutely. And that so that kind of gave it an edge of believability and he came up with something slightly better.
0: And again, it's the same thing in this movie. The first costume he comes up with is, is rubbish. It's mm-hmm. essentially, you know, not not too far away from my 50 bloggy sweatman costume for the very first Comic Con <laughs> we did, where basically I'd, I'd cut the mask out of a Batman t-shirt yep. and I was using a... As a, a cape, it was a comforter on, off it, the bed it in the was Marriott, a comforter yeah. of,
3: of one of the beds we were and we, and in we cut ma- out a piece of paper and stuck it on your chest. With <laughs> we an e did. On it. yeah, yeah.
5: Yeah. It's only been didn't compared that. to the later high tech, <laughs> no
3: expense <actually. laughs> <Augustine> Man outfits, <Alpes. laughs>
0: which was an actual <laughs> a, a natural cape and a mask. Ask. So yeah. there we go. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that, that stuff I didn't, I didn't mind so much. What do we think about the um, the, uh, the the new mystery? of the film, this incorporation of his parents into Peter's origin, which is something that's, that's kind of happened in the comics yeah. over the last few years or so, where his parents have become much more important to his to his origin.
4: I, I never really saw the point, I'll be honest. And I, I didn't particularly like it in the comics. I think it kind of, it, it piles on unbelievability. There's a point, you know, obviously we're all suspending disbelief here. We're suspending disbelief and, and, you know, believing that this guy was bitten by a spider and developed Spider-Man powers. Fine ridiculous but I'm okay with it it's when you also pile on all these other coincidences so his parents are also some kind of super whatever's um, and have been mysteriously vanished and that's all connected to the doctor who becomes a lizard who's connected to the shadowy businessman who may or may not become something else in future Mm -hmm. and by the way the doctor who becomes a lizard also employs the girl that Peter's crushing on who's also the daughter of the chief of police Mm -hmm. It there gets to a point. It's, it's like uh, some of the criticisms I've heard of, of the Star Wars universe and the Star Wars it's
0: prequels. The world is too small. The
4: world is too small. All these people have not met in all these convenient ways before. It, it, it. Instead of making it all fit together better, it actually makes it all fall apart.
0: Yeah, but then Disney keeps reminding
5: us: it's a small world after all.
4: Yeah, but that, that that ride will drive you insane if you go round it more than once. Have you not? Oh, goodness.
5: Yeah, My I, I right in thinking that you don't find out no, what Peter Parker's dad was working on? No, no. you don't. I think the, the inference, and
4: uh, the
0: uh, Avi and, and Matt talked about it a little bit, the inference is that his dad was experimenting or has done something, has jazzed Peter's DNA up in mm-hmm. such a way that should, in the future, something happen to him. Like he'd but get bitten by a weird modified spider. Yeah, because if, if, spider. if you or I were bitten by a genetically modified spider, we would die in the most horrible way, probably make Ebola look like a picnic. But, but this guy, just over immediately, uh, just is beating
5: people up in the tube. Um, so he's already, half, he's already got sort of four legs of the, of the spider thing. Yes. Metaphorical. Metaphorically four <laughs> legs. I, I, I wish I hadn't brought up metaphorical legs. I don't know where I'm going with that. <laughs> and he's
3: got another metaphorical four legs now. Right uh, So, yeah See, I never got that from watching the film I mean, you see the little spider in the little glass case So there's something spidery going on And that's obviously the spider that bites him Although, what are those spiders doing in that room? They're like weaving a blanket or something you know all the spiders when he comes in and he stops it And then they will <laughs> fall on him?
4: James James, it's science What are they doing? It's science they're
3: making a science it's like they're, they're making they're doing, a they're science spiders they're science spiders so they're essentially doing research they're looking for the
0: Higgs boson right okay <laughs> excellent uh, or maybe that's where the, uh, the the web shooter fluid comes from maybe, maybe. or is that, well, is that, right. is that another you know, that is that's, where he gets that, it from that
4: is annoying it? as well because I have to say that, that was one of the things about the Raimi movie that you know people were a bit unconvinced by, by the time, you know, the hardcore comic fans were appalled that they, he would go for organic web- web-slingers, but that was one of the things that made perfect sense to me. Why would this guy who's bitten by a spider also be the guy who magically develops the weird, you know, just, just have him have organic well- webs. It just makes... <laughs> it's elegant it's a more elegant solution and you know this whole idea that maybe his parents mess with his DNA it's just a bit the first Hulk isn't it it?
5: there's quite a few things in the film that seem you're not quite sure if they've left it deliberately ambiguous like the whole thing with the guy who kills Uncle Ben. Uncle Ben Yeah, he doesn't find it no he what, are they saving that for the second film or did they just forget? I can see where you're coming from with this one. It does feel like the movie just kind of
0: forgets that, mm-hmm. it's, that he's mm-hmm. doing that. But again, Aviamant in the interview seemed to indicate that that is a deliberate thing and that he would find him. In the, in the second movie but it's not like he's a big bad a buffy, well, I, know, I, know, star, but big I bad. don't
3: think he should find him and I would have actually respected them if the whole point is that deep down he's got this inner search you know it's an unresolved thread in his personality that said I think you're right it does feel like they just forgot about it but everything that, got carried away and they just you know, Batman, dropped it you know yeah absolutely
4: it's just we don't. Yeah, but I it, feel yeah. like we're kind of messing around here because honestly, you know, the, the whole messing with your DNA, your parents messing with your DNA thing was kind of done in Hulk. The not finding your your father figure's killer was done in Batman. I mean, the entire sort of lizard thing in the last act—you know, big thing in a high place in New York that's going to infect the entire local populace and turn them into the villain—was done in X the original X Men. Yeah. I, I, I you just, liked
5: this film, just? I'm just, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> not checking. I'm not going to be completely negative, so you know, I'm going yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm to introduce a positive. But, yes, please. On May much less annoying in this yes. one. Much yes. Less. Still much annoying, <laughs> but much less annoying. Oh,
0: this also, is Uncle, Uncle
3: Ben. Was Jed Bartlet, so yeah. you know. Well, this is one of that the films triumphs
5: for me. I think the casting
0: is just far superior to the, to yeah. the Raimi films. Um I, I I prefer the action sequences in Sam's films and I think there's a there's a greater sense that he was wedded stylistically to the action scenes that he he understood innately what it would be like to to be a spider slash man and that's in situations like that where you're fighting someone with eight arms and whatnot um, and I think Mark Webb is, is it almost feels like a Almost perfunctory technical exercise at times with, with the action sequences. Mm. Um, he's clearly much more interested in the the boy meets girl stuff, which I thought was triumphant. As was, was, was triumph yeah, lovely actually, yeah. yeah.
3: I thought that stuff was, was flawless. And to completely contradict it I think Garfield embodies, as I think I've said before, Peter Parker in a way that, that Maguire never did. I think he really captures the essence of it. And the much maligned scene with the car thief, while it is very ham fisted, that's Spider Man to me. That's him. The wisecracking Spider-Man is what makes him and characters like Deadpool so what? enjoyable but, in the comics.
4: Yeah, but he's not really so much wisecracking there as just being irritated. I don't know. That's,
3: a- but that's the character. No, Spider-Man
4: is a like, little bit
3: irritating. No, he irritates the I like other Spider-Man. characters in, he the, is in the in funny. I mean, this is he one is of the things I was, I was... But thinking. the small knife gag I actually think is quite funny. It's yeah, my weakness, small knives. Nice. I, I think, I nice, think that's yeah. funny. I think that that's very one Spider-Man
4: gag. Okay, yes, I quite like that one gag. I don't just yes, pretending to scene.
3: sneeze web fluid on him. Isn't funny. I'll yeah. i it's you not that. as if he's doing a stand-up gig
0: <laughs> while he's he a thousand feet up in you New- He should do, but I I feel the quality of the writing of the Wisecrack just wasn't quite there. And it kind of again is something I get that falls by the wayside as as the movie progresses. He's not really wisecracking that much with the lizard. Although, thought I think he has a funny line in the fight during the sc- in the fight in the school, which again feels a bit like the uh, 2008 Incredible Hulk there's a fight at the university yeah. in that one but uh, it also leads to the greatest Stan Lee cameo yeah. I think yes. yeah, 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 in uh, in the history that of was all one of movies. the best shots in that the was,
4: film uh, that was gorgeous that was yeah. really good
0: it was fantastic and uh, yeah so best Stan Lee cameo
4: yep absolutely
0: I, I'm very well, over I'm, Stanley I'm not like yeah.
4: a, I'm not a total naysayer I just you know I you're not issues. you like
0: this film I, mean, we, I remember you coming out of the screen and we, we, we both liked it and we were both talking about will be liked a lot it just sounds like you've, you've suddenly gone very down on it now. no
4: not at all I came out thinking it was a three and I continue to think it's a three but I, I just feel like the potential was there especially with the mm. casting and given all of that for it to be much more than that I mean you know it, it could have been just plused a little bit to use Pixar terminology for a moment for no reason
5: I think there was a lot of skepticism even when, when it was uh, you know in the run up to this coming out that this was a kind of soulless corporate thing that they were just making it because they had to and they had to reintroduce this character and I don't think that's really you know I don't feel like there was a burning story that they had to tell with us it just seems
3: no but, but I think that's exactly what it is it has heart I think more than anything else this is a film with heart you know it has a great great central sort of emotional premise to it I think where it falls down on is, is the action and unfortunately that's why a lot of people go and see comic movies is for the great action sequences but equally and maybe I'm the only one I've got a little bit of comic book movie climax fatigue do you know where you just get weary of the CGI characters fighting each other at the end. like the Liz and spider I really just could have been staring around the cinema and ignoring it I, uh, and I got a bit that way at the end of The Avengers as well I'll be honest with you
4: yeah but you know maybe I'm on my wrong. own wrong yeah you're totally on your own just went on a bit long
3: <laughs> at least that had Tom Hiddleston it did and you know the puny god thing makes up for an awful yeah. lot <laughs> I,
0: thought, I thought there were a lot of great beats at the, uh, in the last hang on 45 minutes of the Avengers I know <laughs> there was a lot of fun stuff going on there yeah. uh, and it wasn't as soulless as, as Transformers but anyway we've we've, we've talked the Avengers we have, yes. plenty in the podcast we're here to talk uh, Spider-Man
3: so y- who was it at the end there we go that's my question at the, in the very very the, last scene the, very, the post-credit scene who is that well my initial reaction would have been Norman Osborn but I think it's a little bit too obvious yeah and I also, also um you know Avi and Matt were a bit uh, they they seemed to well I wouldn't say it was they seemed to indicate that that wasn't the case there are, mm. Mm, yeah, any any theories, Helen, on who that could have been?
4: I, I had assumed it was Norman Osborne to be honest, and I thought that that was one thing that I thought was quite potentially quite elegant because if if some variation on the lizard formula made him into Green Goblin, yeah. that would seem to me to be a very logical and very elegant way of continuing the story onwards because it still links back to that formula that Peter gave to Kirk Connors. You know, it would it would keep those characters kind of moving forward together. It would keep that kind of link there, um, which which seemed like a, a good idea to me. So quite kinda I kinda hope it was Norman Osborn to be perfectly honest. Well, interesting.
5: I, just, yeah. I, I don't know this universe that well but are there other big villains that we haven't seen yet because we've seen a lot of goblins hobgoblins and green goblins <laughs> I'm a bit over the goblin if it does turn out to just be green goblin coming back I feel like I've seen that
0: well I think they're clearly building towards but well, I, I thought it was very interesting what they did with uh, Norman Osborn in this film A not showing him at all mm. I thought I was convinced that the last scene would be big name cameo shows up and aha I am Norman Osborn for the, for the second film cackling away <laughs> um, but it's interesting that he, he there's frequent references to him dying mm-hmm. in this movie so I I'm not so sure that was him. I think we're going to see him in the second film. He's going to be frail. He's going to. He's going to be. I get the black lung pop, and he's going to reach for like the file of. And he's going to launch liquid. a
4: space mission. Yes. To find the origin oh, of He'll be human played alive. by
0: God. Guy Pearce in old age makeup. <laughs> That'd be amazing. That'd um, be. I, so he's in the black goo, and Prometheus is venom.
4: Oh, suddenly everything is
5: clear. Oh. <laughs> I understand the whole film now. We've just solved. We've solved the summer. Every pl- Bye, everyone. <laughs> Thanks for listening. I was disappointed not to see more lizard SWAT team action because yes. I enjoyed that. That was my favourite bits. A SWAT team got turned into lizards. Yeah, and yeah. then you don't see them again until Hello. about 15 minutes on when you see them turn into humans again. I'm like, what have they been doing for that 15 minutes? I want to see that 15 minutes. Swatting stuff, presumably. But yeah, uh, awesome <laughs> reptilian SWAT team stuff. I'd love to see them fighting and see Thomas Howell. <laughs> just
0: just on his own Well he, he swipes them With his crane He just swings his crane At them And they're, all, they're trying to shoot them With, her, with their lizard guns That would have been amazing That would have been fantastic What do we, we make Of a lizard's plan And indeed the lizard as a whole
5: How did he get his stuff Into the sewer With one arm <laughs> <laughs> <A> genuine,
3: <laughs> That's the plot hole I'm yeah. sorry I, I tend to dwell on this stuff, Man in a van but, Surely that, what, <laughs> yeah.
4: Why did he become Such an implacable Hater Of Spider-Man
3: Drugs
0: Helen Don't do drugs well, it's the same thing uh, Octopus does it in Dark Ark In Spider-Man 2 No but he, he has dece- a kind of a reason
4: He, he thinks that Spider-Man has, has in some way been involved In the death of his wife there's, That's a kind true. Of, there's some kind of thing there All Spider-Man did is here is save some people Who the lizard wasn't targeting anyway So why does he suddenly hate him?
0: I think we have to understand he's completely insane <laughs>
4: Oh, well, yeah there's insane and then there's ins- I don't know I just you know it, it was a thing that occurred to me why, I, why Why? that
0: some of the Spider-Man lizard scenes I really really liked the, uh, the scene in the uh, in the university I thought was fantastic and uh, as we said in the podcast last week the uh, scene in the sewer where, mm, that's where Spidey spreads his webs and kind of you know, has to try and detect where the lizard's coming from was that rare beast in and a, in a, in a movie like this it was it on was a specific. camera
3: well yes but he's he's a genius but he's <laughs> also still a 17 a year old yeah. <laughs> um, but, but just to go back to what Helen said I think possibly is it not that the lizard sees him as a kind of threat because he's the one who's essentially solved the, the mystery of the formula uh, and he clearly doesn't Approve of it, or maybe the lizard. How does he he know that
4: Peter Parker is Spider Man at that point?
3: Well, because
0: shut up. Okay. But at that point, he's only fought Spider-Man once. In fact, he hasn't fought him at all, has he? Not really. Uh, he there him? was that sequence in uh, on the bridge where they don't really mm. encounter each other. Uh, and then I think that's the second time they meet. That's the first time the lizard and Spider-Man meet, which follows that scene that uh, with the weird freaky lizard-mouse thing. Uh, oh, in, God, yeah. <laughs>
5: what happened to that? In Connors. Well, just... Maybe that's what walks into the the, <laughs> the room at the end of the movie. It's become human. I've got an observation about the bridge scene. A giant lizard creature... Takes over a bridge and starts throwing cars off it. Spider-Man comes along and saves the day. The news report the next day is Spider-Man turns vigilante.
3: Yeah, what's up? There's nothing about the lizard. <laughs> what?
5: <laughs> so what you're saying? This film is about bad journalism. It, it is. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. That's
0: clearly setting up J. Jonah Jameson and then uh, <laughs> Daily Bugle for the for the second time around. Um, but yeah, so we're not big fans of the lizard's plan, which is to turn everyone into New York, in New into York, lizards, into, into lizards, and then go from there. Where I'm not quite I'm quite sure, but. It's
3: even stupider than Magneto's plan it I It is say. stupider
4: than Ma- Magneto had It's a similar to Magneto's plan. It's yes. very similar yeah. but, but Magneto Magneto's I think had, a point. had, had thought it, out it a little yeah. bit better. It was a political statement uh, this one is
3: is just this was we're all a minority now ha ha. Indeed. And the lizard is we're all it, it's not easy being green. <laughs> <laughs> Going back to the, uh, the scene at the end. Any other theories
0: for who it might be, James? Do you you know? Is it a Mysterio? Because he he gets in and out without seeming to open the door. This guy, whoever it is, he seems to be able to. Yeah, but doors do that nowadays. Even
3: Tesco have them since it's, it's, yeah. you know, it's, 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 we've moved Media and me Adorable oh was it okay yeah. fine uh, I don't I don't actually um, it's like I said to them I, I was wondering whether or not this was like the Thanos thing in the Avengers where fanboys are supposed to and go ah, ha, ha ha I know who that is uh, and I don't think it is I think it was almost a there's more to this who you know it could be anyone I wonder if they even know who they think it is maybe it's just there it's maybe it's a bit of foreshadowing and it doesn't actually So the idea
0: is of... that it's a bigger conspiracy that yeah. people have been involved that Peter's parents have disappeared mysteriously because again that's something I thought the film was going to uh, was going to, to tie up mm. that Kurt Connors was going to be involved implicitly in the death of yeah, Peter's parents clearly there was but, something there but he's not from what I understand he you know he kind of knows something mm. but wasn't a guy who crashed a plane or if, did whatever it was if
4: there's a curse on this summer surely it's setting up the sequel Yeah, I mean, I mean, I'm yeah. think this is a
0: movie that can get away with it I think this is a movie that knows it's going to sequel coming no, yeah, but but Snow Helen White needs. and the Huntsman
4: Prometheus This, it's just too much you know tell a story just finish the story finish the story then it, yeah. and then you know even start the, over but the
0: Raimi Spider-Man does that as well the Raimi Spider-Man with uh, with Harry Osborn you know sets him up at the end when you know he finds his yeah, father's lair And
4: there's a way of doing it that feels satisfying and there's a way of doing it that doesn't and i think you can leave a certain amount you know kind of hanging if you've told your main story your main story in that one was sort of you know the whole fight against the green goblin harry was you know kind of a bystander to some extent so you can leave the bystander with something to do for next time i just feel like the main people in the plot their story should be done
0: but what i really liked about this film and i think this is a film that has a luxury of playing the long game it knows, and you know, I think the the box office tracking is on course for something like a 130000000 hundred and thirty million dollar over the weekend in the states. So it's that's like it's, a
4: six day opening weekend, though. Let's be
0: clear. But it's going to have a it's going to have a sequel. It's going to have a threequel. It knows this, so it can afford to take its time with some plot elements. For example, I was pleasantly surprised and impressed that they didn't kill Gwen Stacy this time around, because mm. I think mm. we all know it's prob- well probably coming at some point in the next movie or maybe the movie after that Um, because historically in the comics you know if you're listening to this you're a Spider-Man fan I'm, I'm assuming so you will know that historically in the comics uh, she gets killed at the hands of the Green Goblin I did not um, know that so. oh there you go here is a
4: slight problem with that in in movie terms Emma Stone and especially Emma Stone alongside Andrew Garfield uh, is as adorable as a basket full of puppies hmm. um, and as we all know you can kill puppies <laughs> you, you can't kill puppies you know I mean uh, what was it the great Waldo Pepper Susan Sarandon dying Um, when she fell from Robert Redford's arms in the opening scene of the movie the audience did not forgive that and they never got them back for that movie and that movie flopped if you kill someone that the audience really loves you're in trouble and the only way you could get away with it I think in this current incarnation of Spider-Man with this cast is if you have someone more adorable than Emma Stone waiting in the wings there of is no, no, there's there's no
5: such thing a basket of puppies
4: and there is no such thing play exactly uh, unless you have two <laughs> baskets of puppies or a non-existent actress who is more adorable than Emma Stone unless you're going to be in serious Emma
3: days. Stone turns her hair back red and plays MJ as well and just pretends like nothing happened yeah. like, like Sunset Beach where Absolutely. Would just go the part of Joseph will not be played I think blah, blah, we've blah. just solved the
0: problem yeah. I
4: would be done with that okay mm. carry on
0: yeah the part of Mary Jane will not be played by Emma Stone that <laughs> nice. would be that would be amazing uh but I think that, you know, This movie is uh, That horrible word Darker But it it does Have a darker take On Spider-Man Than certainly The first Raimi film Did And The, the death of Uncle Ben For example Was much more emotionally raw Than The, the Raimi version uh, Maybe that's partially Because we like Martin Sheen as an actor mm. More than we like Or liked Cliff Robertson Who knows um, But I think Peter Parker as well. There's this. There's this feeling from people I don't think you know in the comics necessarily that, that Spider-Man is a very light, funny, sany character. A lot mm-hmm. of it obviously comes from the fact that he's very quippy and and quite witty. But that character is actually marred in misery. <laughs> yeah. Everyone around him at some point dies or horrible things happen to yeah. them, and it's all about this: with great power comes great responsibility, well. and you have to protect your secret identity. and I, And I think they're going to go down this this route with, with Gwen Stacy at some point and I, I, I won't be watching when it happens I'm going to turn my head away from the from the cinema mm-hmm. if Green Goblin comes in the second one and I'm, I'm just going to say to Emma Stone don't go up any high buildings don't do anything <laughs> don't
3: go anywhere lock yourself in and just let the whole thing blow it won't, it won't make a difference it'd be like Final Destination Death will find her yeah she'll probably joking a peanut <laughs> I mean do you think they will Retackle the Venom thing because I, I think for a lot of Spider-Man fans, me included, Venom is the villain. Is well, the they're still talking the about um, this the spin-off, aren't they? Mm.
0: This Venom spin-off with which Josh Trank has been attached. To. And this is Sony thing as well. I believe it is. Okay, I believe it is. So they're unlikely to. I'd be surprised if Fox yeah. owned it, and it certainly, it certainly hasn't restored res- it back to Marvel. referred it back to Marvel. Sorry. I think Aviarad if you pushed him on it
5: he would admit that they didn't quite get Venom right that uh, would be he, the understatement
3: of the decade wasn't it Yeah, wasn't it idea it was him that wanted to, he I, did, I heard he that Rainey yeah. he wasn't yeah. that keen no but yeah. it was fine I think to tackle Venom was a great idea to tackle Venom and to tackle the Goblin and to tackle Sandman and to chuck them all into a big mix and not do decent but not, not knowing much about the character of Venom what did they get wrong about it uh, to be honest the, the origin the, the whole it was so throwaway that whole it's the symbiote a just appears for yeah. off this meteor and it's just yeah it it just it didn't it didn't feel good Total Grace was wrong for it I mean there was so much wrong with that I mean Eddie Brock is a bodybuilder the he's perfect, huge
0: the perfect uh, Eddie Brock for me the perfect Venom for me
3: uh, maybe it's not the old now but would be Kurt Russell I think he'd be a great Eddie Brock. Even so, I think you know. I think you want someone really sort of like physically intimidating, in and Tom way, Cruise, Russell, yes, <laughs> much like Tom Cruise is Jack Reacher. Um, no, I think I think you want someone who has that sort of raw size. Because the point with Venom is that he dwarfs Spider-Man; he's colossal, uh, and I think you need that from the actor as well as. I mean, the suit bulks him up anyway, but you need that from from the actor himself.
0: Yep, yeah, fair enough. Uh, but this movie. Definitely, just dwelled on The lizard. There, was, there were no secondary villains, no. which I, I no, was, I was happy good. to see. Yep. Um, Too many
4: villains spoil the broth.
0: Absolutely. I mean, there are instances, obviously, where, where it works. Batman Begins, for example. Dark Knight, for another example. Helen's sneering. Why are you <laughs> sneering? Why are you sneering at Chris Nolan? Unless no,
4: <laughs> <laughs> I'm not really. I no. I think actually, Dark Knight did do it well. It can be done well, but I think you have to be incredibly disciplined in your storytelling to make it work I mean you, you've you got to give everybody enough time to make it clear what they're doing and even like even no, the like sacred it dark really night do it, does it? even the sacred dark night you know when you actually start examining it the plot completely falls to pieces <laughs> but it's just as it goes you don't care because it's it's really well paced Um, you know the action's obviously terrific the acting is obviously yeah, terrific but it's not, not a just multiple villain film
3: it. it's a single villain film which then evolves into the fall of one of the heroes you know what I mean mm. it's not it's not the same thing. Absolutely. There's something else interesting about this film. Um, that Gwen Stacy knows
0: Spider-Man's secret yeah, yeah, identity. Yeah, which is nice. She knows that Peter Parker is Spider-Man from quite early on in the film. Bug in, boy. In what I thought was the film's cheekiest sequence, that sort of seduction scene on the balcony, uh, which starts, metaphor fans, with uh, Peter Parker spraying Gwen Stacy's butt with a sticky <laughs> substance pulling her towards him they then embrace have a passionate kiss and her last words in that scene are and I'm not kidding I'm coming so subtext fans please write in with what you think that could mean <laughs> we'll talk about it next week's podcast do not bring your filth to a lovely heartwarming <laughs> romance but in that scene it's a really really nice way of of. it's, it's almost as good as that, that great scene in Superman 2 where you know, she Lois Lane throws his specs mm-hmm. into the fire, and he picks him up, and oh, I'm oh, I'm not hurt. Well, what, 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 oh, what? Oh, yeah, I'm Superman. I forgot to tell you. Um, so I, it it opens up an endless world of possibilities for this for the second film, doesn't it? Do you think the lizard might come back? He might do. He's 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 on ice, so to speak. Uh, and interesting I would enough, because the the uh, the Raimi films had a habit of killing their bad guys. Yeah, they killed mm-hmm. the Green Goblin. They killed Harry at the end of Spider Man Three, and they killed Doc uh, Ock. Ock. Uh, Sam gets away with it, doesn't he? This yes, is, he does. This will inform me watching Spider Man Three again. So yes, not don't do that. Do so. uh, no, he does, I believe. But then he's quite he sympathetic and in his own so. well, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's kind of like a good, good, good. Yeah, bad he's a good baddie. Yeah. So uh, maybe the lizard will come back into it. Why do you think he's going to have? I don't know. I just always think it's
5: interesting when they when they leave them alive because like, you know they could have killed him fairly easily, mm. put him in prison instead. I guess you wouldn't have had that last scene if you'd killed him. Yeah, I'm not. I don't particularly want to see him come back, but I'm just <laughs> curious whether he was okay. Well, I, I just don't like. I don't like villains that are just lumps of CG. I like, uh, you know. I think the best Spider-Man villain has been Alfred Molina as mm. Doc Ock. I thought he was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. That's one of my favourite superhero but films. I thought, I thought because it's, it's a guy with some CG stuff going on, but
0: yeah, you know. But I thought, as 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 villains and movies like this, go oh, the, the CG was pretty good. It was I inoffensive. It was more, I think
4: for me it was more yeah. the design. I, I didn't love how the lizard looked. And I'm not sure that I have a particularly strong image in mind of how the lizard should look. He's not mm, one of the, like
5: the villains. He looks like a baby Godzilla from the
4: 1998 <laughs> Well He, the he other thing. I'm sorry. The but. other thing that he's been compared to, which I have to confess I have a little bit of sympathy for, is the villains in the Super Mario Brothers movie. Because? <laughs> because he has that same kind of quite flat, yep, yet lizard-like
5: that's tr- face. That's true, actually.
0: Yep, which is true.
4: not the kind of comparison you want to be... You you know, provoking.
0: Interesting. Uh, for me, the lizard I've always pictured in my mind throughout the years was the lizard of uh, the Secret Wars, the Marvel mm. limited mm. edition. Uh, so very much lab coat, big lizardy snout, massive tail. This Double was a, trousers, a different variation. Yeah, he has trousers like the like the Hulk. He's not he's not one around lizard tackle out. <laughs> um, but he, I guess he kind of is in this film. Maybe that's why it's. Because he has 17. a lab coat in that
3: one sequence, doesn't it? Yeah,
0: he does. Yeah, yeah. and he talks in this one as well, which was which was, which mm. was interesting. I I I I thought the the Spider-Man lizard stuff was was fine, but I think, like we said before, if you feel that like Mark Webb wasn't necessarily invested in it, then you yourself kind of tune out a little bit. Um, for example, and we talked about this with with Matt Navi, the last shot of the movie. Mm. I think we're all pretty much agreed that it would have been really nice if the movie had had the balls to end on that lovely last shot of Andrew Garfield and Emma Stone her smile as she realises that Peter Parker's last words to her or you know indicated there's a future for them
3: despite the fact that you know, mm. her dad has just been probably killed, and that's a wonderful sequence. It is genuinely emotional. I've you know felt all warm and fuzzy inside. Yeah. But I think that you want kind to of, see these kids together. That speaks to what we like about the film. The heart of that film was the relationship. And I'm just not sure that either the produ- producers or Web really understand that that was the best part of the film. The fact that you get bad Spider-Man, I understand what Abby was saying. You want to see Spider-Man, but I'm not sure you do. This was for me a film about Peter Parker, not a film about Spider-Man. And I would have been happy seeing it end with. Peter Parker, and it ends on that kind of POV shot, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah. and the one well, it ends, no, it ends, it ends on the, ends the classic on a, spider pose, isn't it? The sort of slow mo pose of him.
4: It ends know.
0: on it ends on a sequence that we've we've seen before, essentially at least two times in the in the Raimi films um, where he's swinging through the streets yeah. and it's, it's good effects I mean the, the, the Spider-Man CG in this movie is way beyond yeah, anything so it was in the better. previous three films uh, and I, I from what I understand it cost less as well so what the hell were they doing with the first three films financial um, crisis perhaps, perhaps yeah uh, but yeah I just think it, I, for example last year's I know Captain America got flack in some quarters friendly in the way it did but I thought the last line uh, Chris Evans's last line oh I, I but had I had it, a date but I had a date was just perfect, Mm. absolute beautiful ending, bittersweet, real tang of tragedy to that man's that man's story and the movie had the balls to just go that's it that's the end of the film and even Thor Thor ends with the two lovers separated and has that lovely bit where Idris Elba goes oh she's looking for you and then it just has the courage to end on a half smile doesn't have not a bit where Thor swings his hammer and hmm. flies at the camera or conjures up a lightning and then flies up at the sky and it goes directly to the Brown. the it doesn't do that it just ends really really nicely and beautifully and I think Marvel are really really good at ending their films in a very memorable way, I think and all
5: movies should end with shawarma.
0: They should end up with shawarma. Spider Man, spider shawarma. Should, yeah, it's just different superheroes eating shawarma. That would have been amazing. Uh, but yeah, it's just, uh, it's just, uh, and I understand having had Avi and Matt in here. I understand their their, their feelings about ending with Spider Man. But I, when it cut to that sequence, I was like, really? Oh mm. Come on, mm. you were you were so close. It was perfect, and you were so it. close. <laughs> Maybe not that bad. But if that I would have bounded out the cinema. Hmm. how did they end up doing that shot and as it was I was like oh it's it's good it's good
4: I think we haven't asked the really important question here that, that yes. no one has yet come up with a convincing explanation for. Oh, right. Oh, no, that, thank you. Oh, okay. um, the other question. The other question, how did Andrew Garfield's hair stay so bouffant under the Spider-Man hood?
3: It was amazing, wasn't it?
4: It was incredible. It's
3: like he just stepped out of a salon. <laughs> no, he, that, he was great. I, I, uh, Nick, he was I think, fine, I think he was in. fine.
5: Listen, I, I, I didn't come out raging that he was terrible. I think he's a great actor. Mm-hmm. I've liked him in everything. He's really likeable. I just didn't quite root for him in the kind of way that I felt like I should be rooting for him. That's all. So I just thought maybe okay. with a different performance, it might have worked better for me. But he's fine. He's fine. Nothing he was. And she, could, she was great. He was so at times he was shuddering with raw emotion. That mm. where
0: Uncle Ben gets killed, it was just you could see the hurt and the pain in his eyes and the guilt. And then later on, you could you could see, you know, I, I yeah I know that they may be together in real life but you can really see the chemistry between Garfield and Emma Stone and just where this burgeoning Love Affair comes from, and it's really, really nice to watch. Yeah, watch and it. you can see uh, as well. I mean, you know, his body language as Spider-Man is different from the Tobey Maguire uh, body language. You know, he's really trying to work on getting spidery movements in there and making him feel like he's an alien in his own skin. And I think there's a lot of potential. But again, as long as, as we said to Avi and Matt, he doesn't get a lot of road miles between this and the sequel, you know, because he's touching thirty now. you <laughs> imagine? He's got massive bags under his eyes and <laughs> huge lines in the skin. The and the like right? Spider-Man yeah
5: exactly like us mm. Precisely. anything else to talk about happy I not? just feel sorry for the uh, the chap who was meant to play the lizard who was the guy who was the name of the actor who was in the the Raimi Dylan ones? Baker yeah do you yeah. think you'll go see this probably not so Nick as you said they were building towards
0: the lizard as the villain for Spider-Man 4 poor old Dylan Baker didn't quite get there but they did it anyway do you think I mean there's a school of thought and I put this to uh, tomac and, and Avi Arad for the Spider-Man feature in Empire could they have just carried on Bond style and done Spider-Man 4 with Andrew Garfield and parachuted in Emma Stone as she would have been perfectly acceptable as Mary Jane Watson she'd be perfectly acceptable as anything no
1: says James and I think
3: predominantly because what they did with this is exactly what I wanted them to do Peter Parker becoming Spider-Man is the interesting story and Sam Raimi glossed over that. He shot straight past it and he didn't see an awful lot to it. And that's the story that I wanted to hear. And this is the story that got told here. It may not have been told exactly how I would have liked it to have been told, but, you know, that was the that was the core of it.
4: I totally disagree with that. I think what's really interesting is Peter Parker being Spider Man. Yeah. Because I've always loved the fact that he it doesn't solve all his problems. It just gives him a whole new set of of, were things to worry about and you know I know that Sam Raimi al- already did cover that you know he kept having money problems he kept having problems at school and, and you know there would have you would have had to find some way of doing that in a fresh way I admit that but at the same time I just, I just think that's what's really interesting Spider-Man's always combined being a superhero with also being a real person and also having real person worries in a way that very few of his contemporaries have to the same extent but mm-hmm. um, and, and I really like that so I would have liked to have seen him just keep keep carrying on
5: Yeah i I kind of bored of origin stories I why not just start a franchise in the middle which we'll just put some new actors in it and, and you know take it come up with some new stories Well that's what I felt this, this film did I felt it got the cursory stuff out of the way
0: with the exception of Uncle Ben which it actually infested some real emotion in the kind of you know the spider bite that I was, I was dealt with very cursorily and very perfunctorily and I, I feel that it wasn't interested in other stuff it was interested in his relationship with his parents it was interested in a in a different dynamic with Aunt May and obviously there was no JJJ there was no Daily Bugle there was no Norman Osborn it did feel different to me and different enough from the Raimi films to justify it but I still yeah I, could they have done a Spider-Man 4 I'd kind of almost like to see a studio do that again like 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 James Bond and just go
5: yeah it's the same story but with a different actor when was the last time that really happened
0: I think Superman Returns
4: maybe? Superman
3: Returns, yeah, I guess.
5: I think everyone has seen Spider Man. The last one was five years ago. Everyone's seen these films, everyone knows the character. It's on but on you've
3: covered so much ground I mean you've done the Goblin you've done Sandman you've ruined Venom do you know what I mean you've mm. you've gone through so much stuff I think you've burnt too many there's got
5: to be more than that This has to be I mean there there was talk of Larry David being the vulture which
3: was probably utter <laughs> nonsense uh, but yeah. I did see a, a but, great Photoshop picture of it And I, I when you're yeah. scrambling around for like Mysterio and stuff like that I think you've got problems there's uh, got to be more than that there are, there
0: there are. are great yeah, films there are. I mean there's uh, you know I've always liked Electro uh, who was one of the bad guys in mm-hmm. James Cameron's treatment um uh, I don't think they got Sandman right who else is there there's Rhino Scorpion I mean he has this this long litany of animal based
3: <laughs> bad guys the, the They're not the the, the Craven's a good one actually Craven that's Hunter's something so that gonna, I'd yeah. like to see you know, to and, and people like Black Cat they can what
5: create a new one they can't they, they, they you know, they've got carte blanche come up with a new villain for Spider-Man why not jellyfish man jellyfish yeah <laughs> gecko man No, we've, that's too close to lizard uh, uh, wombat guy I don't know <laughs> salamander but, uh, boy yeah I mean I would have loved to have seen Raimi what he was yeah, you know, he must have been thinking about the lizard he had the, he had the character in, in all three of his films he must have had some kind of okay. vision for what he was going to do with it and I kind of can't help thinking that mm. Raimi you know he loves monsters and he did such a great job with Doc Ock what would his lizard have been like I'd love to kind of find out what he had what he was thinking of. less like. Welsh perhaps
4: The ideal would have been if they could have, like, set up, they could have had the whole Spider-Man parasite thing in Spider-Man 3, set all of it up to create Venom at the end, and you could have had Spider-Man facing off against Green Goblin 2 slash Sandman, you know, and at the same time, Eddie Brock's becoming Venom, and you just set that up. That is the kind of setup for a sequel I actually would have been okay with. And you wouldn't have ruined Venom, and we all could still be around, and that would be happy.
0: Spider-Man 3 is a classic sequel. It just slightly gets out of control, doesn't it, really? And it's
4: yeah
5: too much dancing too much
0: I quite I like the, no, it's the dancing no the dancing's okay it's dancing much maligned stuff, the dancing stuff's a bit like the, uh, the 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 weird diversion into bad Superman in Superman 3 mm. where you kind of get a feeling that maybe <laughs> James is shaking his head it's the worst <laughs> thing in the world what, that, what the dancing the or dancing, Superman 3 uh, no not on, Clark, Superman 3 isn't great Clark Kent versus
3: bad Clark Kent in the in entire <laughs> scrapyard yes. is just yes. amazing that is better than Spider-Man 3 I will absolutely agree <laughs> with that
0: <laughs> <laughs> on that bombshell I think we've pretty much talked about everything we can possibly talk about The Amazing <laughs> Spider-Man uh, so yeah thanks for listening uh, and this goodbye to Nick Spider-bye <laughs> <laughs> goodbye to James goodbye goodbye to Helen fare thee well and goodbye from me goodbye